0: Thanks for listening to the Q&A podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Welcome to the Q&A podcast. I'm Matt Deason, here once more with the great Matt Karsh. And uh, we have got a handful of questions to answer. Uh, So we uh, will just kind of jump right in here. A lot of these questions are coming from uh, the early parts of the book of Genesis. And uh, in Genesis and Exodus. And uh, we've got some interesting ones. So... Uh, you you have anything to say before we start the questions?
1: Well my only I was trying to think of some sort of clever opening because it's episode nine.
0: Episode nine, yeah, it is.
1: And the the yet to be released name of Star Wars episode nine doesn't have a name, so this shall be the They don't even have they don't even know what it's gonna be called. Yes, is the name of this episode. Oh my.
0: Any predictions on what's gonna happen? It's too early. Oh too early. Okay. All Uh welcome to episode nine. Karsh doesn't know what to call it. Uh, This is the first question. Why was it important to warn Israelites against touching pigs? If they were unclean, was there even a reason to keep them around? Were there packs of wild piglets seeking (laughs) out people to make them unclean while they were wandering aimlessly in the desert? To which I say, excellent question. So... Uh, the Israelites are freed from slavery. They're out in the desert. God gives them the law. We know at that point that they're going to be in the desert for forty years. But they don't know that. They probably don't know that yet. Yeah. Uh, and they are given food laws. The laws that God gives them to govern them as a nation include food laws, including that they shouldn't uh, they, they shouldn't have anything to do with pigs. And so, if you're out in the desert. Trying to obey a food law about not eating or touching pigs seems kind of silly because there's probably not a ton of pigs out uh, in, in the desert between Egypt and, and the Promised Land. Um, but why was it important to warn? Oh, okay, okay. So uh, the first thing that that I'll say is that the law... Uh, was going to, I think we talked about this in the last episode, the law is, is going to govern Israel uh, until until Jesus comes. The law is kind of like a, a babysitter that's going to govern them and give them this kind of coherent uh, identity as a nation and a whole bunch of things that we don't have to, time to go into. But um, with the uh, with the law, what was I going to say? I don't know. I'm just ready to jump in.
1: Well, I, I, I... tried to get your blood sugar up before we started. Yeah, it's... Food. I,
0: I just... Literally, I've got a newborn, and I just completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. It's, it's kind of an obvious point, but... Yeah, there's no... There, there, there probably weren't any pigs in the desert, but the law was going to govern Israel for centuries, for, for hundreds of years. And so, even after you get well, into... Thousands of years. Thousands of years. But even after you get into the Promised Land and settle in, there's going to be foreigners there. Um, you're you're kind of at the center of the world in terms of trade routes. Um, so people are going to be bringing all sorts of stuff through your country and trying to sell that stuff in your country. And so it's not it's not these weren't just rules to govern their forty years in the desert. And even if you get into the Promised Land, it's not this clear clear-cut, simple thing where, hey, look, we're literally the only people in the promised land. So if we just, like, put to death all of the pigs <laughs> that live here, we'll never that's have not to work. the wor- point. What do you mean? Wouldn't that make it a lot easier for them?
1: Sure, but that's not the point. That's
0: what they're asking. Okay, the well, let's get
1: into it. Okay, let's get into it. What is the point of the Hebrew dietary law?
0: Okay, what, that, that's, yeah, that's wrapped that's up in this question. That's
1: the question behind the question. Yes. Okay.
0: So and that's important. You've got laws governing the priesthood, Totally makes sense. You've got laws governing kind of civil laws, life and death, loss of property, marriage and divorce, all of the things that we write laws for in modern day America. Yep. Um, That makes a ton of sense.
1: God gave all those things to Israel. Yes. To be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay. So that's Exodus 19. So
0: tell me about pigs. Why do we care about pigs? Why can't I eat shellfish? Why does it matter? I, well, it was, just, can't. I was just reading the, the other can. day the laws that say, Hey, Israelites, if an animal has a cleft hoof... No, yeah, let me... I'll just... Okay, so there's basically
1: two categories for land animals. They have to have a split hoof and chew the cud. Okay. Okay? If they don't do one or the other of those, they're unclean. Okay. So Pigs the, are just a really common example of an animal who don't fit both of that requirement but it's not the only animal there's many animals that are unclean
0: well there'd be tons yeah yeah i imagine like being an israelite out in the desert and being really hungry and looking around and being like oh, well okay. i'm pretty sure camels, can i eat that
1: thing camels fall into that uh category too
0: which category the
1: they don't chew the cud <laughs> <laughs> are we getting off yeah. are we getting off topic we've so are, the, already lost here's the point so for land animals, there's also Jewish dietary law around seafood. So the requirement for seafood is that they have to have fins and scales. So shellfish are automatically excluded. Now, why? Why does God want the Israelites to only eat
0: only eat certain seafood and only eat certain animals? land animals? And it okay. has to have the right hooves and chew the right. So here's one theory. One theory. One theory that mm, I yeah I don't know how I feel about it.
1: I don't, have you ever heard of trichinosis? No. Okay, so trichinosis cool. is, a, is a, a disease or it's like a virus that can live um, in undercooked pork. Okay. Okay, so, so part of the theory is that maybe even specifically in that time and place, God was giving them almost like modern health laws. Hey, just avoid these specific types of animals right, right, because right. you're more than likely to get sick
0: from them. So when you're reading the law, because I'm on board with some of that, that when you're reading the law... There's a lot of stuff about clean and unclean. Right. And some of the stuff is is not intuitive at all for us. And other things you read about where it's like That'll if you sense. touch if you touch a dead body, you should wash your hands. Yeah. And we're like, "Uh, yeah, that makes total sense to us, but they didn't have ma- modern medicine. They didn't know about bacteria." And so I I uh, firmly believe that some of their laws were just really practical Laws to stop the spread of disease and whatnot. I think a lot of the clean and unclean and outside the camp for seven days yep. and skin diseases and all of that is like is, is really. And if you
1: want to follow along in your Bibles, we're talking Leviticus 11 is where a lot of the clean and unclean foods come from.
0: Okay, so there's a theory
1: trichinosis. Trichinosis for um, pork, for pork. example. Okay, it's um, an
0: unclean animal, and it will make you. It can make you sick. It can don't... kill you. It's this parasitic disease
1: it's a parasite yeah lives in some pork or um, think about how common seafood allergies are so one theory is that God just giving like a really practical command around the types of animals that will be more or less safe for them to eat given right your abilities to cook and do all that stuff totally
0: in the ancient world yeah. you don't have modern medicine so why don't you focus on the stuff that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people right
1: but here's the here's a here's a better way to think of it I in my mind. Okay, God is literally giving them an overarching set of code and laws to live by for a distinct purpose. And we talked about it in episode 8 around the the nation of Israel is given these laws to really to stand out among the other nations. So we have to consider the ways in which the law corrects or goes against or goes contrary to what other cultures or other nations were doing in I'm making this hand signal like everyone oh, yeah. listening can yeah, yeah. see my hands. All around. All around. <laughs>
0: uh, so what was everyone else doing?
1: Well, they were eating anything and everything.
0: A- anything that, that had the breath of life in it. So
1: and blood in it. That's another big oh, thing blood the Jewish dietary big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, requirements. So God gives specific animals to eat and not eat, not necessarily because they're they're might be more allergic to it or whatever but it's literally to set these people apart. They have a specific code of living to make them holy and set them apart. Mm-hmm. Is there a pragmatic application of it maybe, but that's not the primary reason. Mm-hmm. The primary reason is that they're made they are a nation to be holy, to be a kingdom of priests. And so God gives them these visual reminders. Let's use circumcision as an example, ritual cleansing as an example. The The types of food they can eat, as an example. How they worship, as an example. All these really distinctive things that will make them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They're to stand out. They're to be
0: different. They're to be right. uh, and consecrated he, he's, to God. He, he, in, and he's always saying right. that. He's saying, right. hey, you're about to go into the promised land. Don't do what they do. Yay. Hey, right. we just crossed in. Don't do what they do. Hey, you've been here for two years. Stop doing what they do. Right. Right. Like You're supposed to be you know, operating on this totally different frequency.
1: Right. And in my mind, that makes the clean and unclean foods make a bit more sense.
0: Yes. I, I, I think there's I, – I see that. I would – if those are two options, I agree that the primary one is making them distinct as a nation. But we could speculate as to the secondary reasons right. of he could have made them distinct as a nation by telling them to, to only eat pigs, pigs yeah. and only eat right. shellfish or whatever. And they would have felt miserable, but they, you know, they, they could have done it. Yeah. And so there's probably layers uh, yeah. of stuff going on there. Yeah. But man, that's about all I got. I mean, I, I feel like I could talk well, it's much more to extensively the, about other areas of the law. When it comes to the food laws, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't... Well, I think I'm because totally as poor.
1: Christians, we read the Gospels and we read the New Testament so we read the Gospels, and Jesus makes all food clean. Mark gives us this little commentary as Jesus, mm. Jesus is talking about Jewish dietary laws and what he's doing. And then in Acts, you have this dream where Peter sees the vision. The and sheets coming the down. And yeah. So so, Hebrew dietary law doesn't carry over into the church in the way that like, the, the Ten Commandments have. And so... There's mm. this sense in which we're much more versed in understanding like, well, why does God command us not to murder? That one makes sense. Right. But why did God command the Israelites? But there's something not to eat about habits?
0: be distinct, be holy, you know, have self-control, you know, don't just like yeah. kill and eat anything that slithers along the ground. Like you're which,
1: Yeah, I mean I mean it, we There's we, actually lots of implications if you want to dive into it more, in terms of uh what it means to be dedicated or consecrated and and what it means to even maybe even put our own inclinations our own desires as secondary to what god commands us
0: yeah i like that i i think we should i think we should move on yeah but their question was why was it important to warn israelites against touching pigs if they were unclean was there any reason to keep them around and I think it,
1: oh well yeah because so yeah just the idea that they're they're among other people who have totally pigs. yeah like Jesus goes into the the Gadarenes.
0: he's in yeah east side of the Sea of Galilee and, and they're raising pigs because yeah.
1: they're Gentiles and they eat pigs it's very common in the worship of Greek gods he, he drowns pigs. those pigs yeah which is in part yeah
0: okay. Anyhow, we won't get we won't get too distracted. Right. But the point is that they couldn't just eliminate; they can't just like expel everything that's unclean from the promised land. Like right. they're going to be faced with stuff, right. and God gave them a code to to right. deal with it. Right. So, okay, uh, awesome. That was the piggy question. Uh, question did number. We spend too
1: long on that. Probably. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. It was I, it was entertaining. I. <laughs> okay, the next one be quick. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Why did Lot's wife? Turn into a pillar of salt. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so for those who are not familiar with the story, Lot and his wife and daughters are fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah. They're spared. The cities are completely corrupt. They're going to be destroyed. Um, Genesis 19. And they're fleeing, and, and the angel of the Lord... So Genesis nineteen
1: seventeen, escape for your life. So Sodom and Gomorrah.
0: Sodom probably, and Gomorrah are about to be destroyed. Destroyed.
1: Escape for your life. So Lot and his family, they're escaping. Escape for your life. Do not look behind you and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Clear warning. Don't do this. Go as far away as you can. This is a bad place. God's going to judge it.
0: Right. If I hadn't said anything, you would die anyways. I'm giving you a, a way right. out. This is your chance but don't look back. You gotta, you gotta go. So, so
1: Lot and his daughters—they're running along with the wife and the 19, uh, Genesis nineteen twenty six. But his wife, from behind him, looked back, and she became a pillar of salt.
0: Yeah. So why, why did she become a pillar of salt? Because she looked back. <laughs> Dude,
1: it's that simple.
0: It's not that
1: simple. Well, what about okay in Acts in Acts when. Uh,
0: Bro, does anyone turn into a pillar of salt in the book of Acts?
1: No, but I'm thinking of... Um...
0: The couple who pretends <laughs> <Yes>. to get <laughs> <laughs> everything? <Yes. laughs> what are their names? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is uh, bad. Yeah. So, but, but, Karshi, the, 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 what they're asking is not, it's, it's not why did Lot's wife die...
1: Why did she become a pillar You're, of salt? An, no, an, I think the an, question an, is... Ananias
0: embedded. and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira lie, lie to the church Yeah, they, and say, hey, and yeah, they here's, dropped here's dead. Here's
1: everything we had. And then, okay.
0: I no, no, no. I, what, want, what, you, I read that question you, to mean... You want to what, get
1: the specific of why didn't she just drop dead? Why did she turn into a pillar of salt? Yeah,
0: why a pillar of salt? What is that? You, you read the question differently. You want to know why she died. I want to know why she's salt. Okay, well. I've so why don't, you, read that. why don't you start with why don't you start with your version, which is sounds simpler. <laughs> well, I, honestly, she just, well, I've always
1: read that and gone, "Wow, that's like, that's rude. That's a little." But, I mean, honestly, when I've read it, I've gone, "Ah, oh, that's there's not a whole lot of mercy there."
0: Right, it's pretty hardcore.
1: Yeah, but that's why my mind goes to Ananias and Sapphira because. It's another one of those context stark there that, examples, but that you know we get two verses. And we go, ah, oh, it's kind of, I hope God doesn't do that to me when I, oh, right,
0: when right, I make right. the same choices. Dude, I actually and, had to and, teach Ananias and Sapphira on, to like a group of the kids class on Sunday. <laughs> and, oh, Which, to,
1: for, I mean.
0: And I had to say at the end, I was God's like, kids, and all us. the kids are like staring at me like, oh my gosh. I'm like, kids, God's not going to kill you if you lie. You know, like there's grace and mercy, but it's, they're in the Bible. Like right. you're, it's there. And
1: so we can get flippant with those sorts of things, or I can get flippant with those sorts of things. And I think some of these stories are meant to, to communicate some of, some of that truth to us. That God in his grace and mercy forgives us. And there's probably a whole lot more context to the story that we don't know.
0: Yeah. But, but from yeah, the text there's, of the there's scripture... T- there's yeah. times when you when people just feel the full implications and weight of, of right. their disobedience. Right. Um, so... She died because she didn't listen to God. God was lit- literally. Well, it's not even
1: not even that she was like it wasn't even a sin of omission. It was a sin of commission. Well,
0: she did the thing she was told not to do. Right. Yes, and she was she was given this like escape from judgment. Yeah. And and she did the thing she was asked not to do, and ended up receiving judgment. Uh, in terms of the salt,
1: the right by the Dead Sea.
0: Yeah, that's all I got. So like, maybe- why salt? I just think like. If you the theory that I've heard is that the Dead Sea is currently is the is the current site where they think Sodom and Gomorrah was. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Like Sodom the ancient ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah if they exist would be at the bottom of the Dead Sea. Is that more or less?
1: Um uh, sure.
0: Yeah, something like that or right near them or something. Yeah. If you go to the area of the Dead Sea, it's it's well named because everything is everything is dead. It's like it's it's desert it's salty um the nothing can live in the water because it's got like 10 times the salt content of the ocean it's it's just this place of death and it actually becomes this picture of death and it would make sense that sodom and gomorrah were judged there but it's very it's very salty as well so if sodom and gomorrah were in this place of death that's now the dead sea and there's salt there's actually so, they harvest salt there. There's there's little yeah. there's literally pillars of salt there.
1: So and it could be the fact that maybe she died, and then like salt accumulated mm. on where she died, sort of thing. And so we could
0: if you went back afterwards. Because what I've always pictured be, she would be is, you know
1: like in um, in Joshua they enter the land and they set up the rocks as a um, like to a, mark, mark. Yeah, 15. say hey when your kids pass by here, tell them the story of what God has done. Right that's in my mind what's going on with the pillar of salt when you walk by this place and you see that pillar of salt
0: remember remember, so, remember the story yeah and remember Sodom and Gomorrah and God's judgment that's the way I was. God's was judgment going. and his mercy but uh, yeah that's that's all I got I mean if you go walk through that region today there's salt everywhere and pillars of salt maybe you but, walked by Lot's wife oh my gosh please it's possible <laughs> Uh, why didn't she turn into something else? I, I don't know. Uh, but it is a very stark example of somebody doing, escaping judgment, but then going to do the one thing that God asked them not to do. So I that's all I got. Yeah. Lot's wife. Okay, we're going to keep, uh, wow, we're doing well. Let's, uh, let's keep cruising along here. Question number three. Have we ever done a podcast with three questions? I don't know. Exodus 4. Verse
1: thought, 20.
0: Oh, are we doing that one? I want to. I Let's just go for one. it. Okay. Okay. So, this is the question. I got this one. I'm not just. I, I haven't, just,
1: just read the question. I'm, I'm trying, trying to
0: read the question. <laughs> this is from. Oh, gosh. I'm starting over. This is the third question. In Exodus 22, verse 29, towards the end, it says, You must give your firstborn sons. Did they have to kill their sons? for sacrifice or offerings, and if so, why? So, after the Exodus, God frees Israel from slavery. He leads them into the desert. Eventually, you get Exodus 22, verse 29. Kersh, can you read it for us? Exodus 22, verse
1: 39, is 29, 20. 29, 29, 29. Do not hold back your offerings. From your granaries or your vats. You must give me the firstborn of your sons. Do the same with your cattle and your sheep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I thought you were going, going to keep... Me. Yeah, you just stopped No, right, it's right.
1: important because verse 29 has, you must give me the firstborn of your sons, but verse 30 has, do the same with your cattle and
0: your sheep. It's right. one
1: continuous thought,
0: totally. and they're bl- they're, they're so, connected. Yes. Okay. And, and God gives, this is in the law. This is in so, the... So, yes. So, God's telling the Israelites... Give this me your firstborn you sons. Do. Oh, and give me the firstborn uh, from your flock. flock. And we um, we really the surmise. idea is that all firstborns, all firstborns belong to the Lord. But when you're reading the verses, you think, well, the firstborn of the flock are are going to sacrifice.
1: Right, because the so, first fruits, the first right. fruits of your... All
0: of it is offerings and sacrifices. Is, yeah. so Are you asking the Israelites to literally sacrifice, sacrifice their, first their firstborn son?
1: Which is a fair question because in other ancient Near Eastern cultures, children were sacrificed to the gods. That's Absolutely. That's a fair question.
0: Yeah, Molech and all those guys, right. they were sacrificing... Other ancient Near Eastern cultures were sacrificing their children to the gods.
1: Right. But no, that's not what's going on here. So it's helpful to read um, in Exodus 34... Uh, which is maybe a more full uh, description of what's supposed to happen. So Exodus 34, verse 19 and 20 is... I'll just pull it up and read
0: that. You're part. saying that Exodus 34 is a sort of... It's like a reiteration of A reiteration, re- reiteration of, it. of the same so, thing.
1: That The firstborn offspring of every womb belongs to me, including all the firstborn males of your livestock, whether from the herd or flock. Redeem the firstborn donkey with the lamb, but if you do not redeem the blah blah blah, blah break its neck.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What? what is sacrifice re- it? Yeah. What is redeem? But you
1: can't. You can't sacrifice a donkey. We get too complicated into.
0: Oh, sorry, I distracted you.
1: Yeah. So redeem the firstborn donkey with a lamb. So exchange your firstborn donkey. You can't sacrifice a donkey to God. So exchange oh, that donkey. Oh, oh.
0: You owe me, a, you owe a, me a, the donkey, a, but a trade, it, trade it, out for, yeah, lamb. for a lamb. Yeah,
1: um, but if you don't do that, break its neck. Redeem all your firstborn sons. So that's the end of, of verse twenty. So there's this principle here that every firstborn, even your first fruits of your like uh, crops, they belong to God, okay. and you're, they're an offering. But you can redeem them. You can can buy, buy them back. back. Okay?
0: Right. So where does that, where does this first fruits, first son okay. thing come from? This is from? beautiful.
1: This is a beautiful thread that goes throughout all scripture. Okay. Okay, let's start in Exodus.
0: Well, could, would you, would you start with Cain and Abel and him bringing the first fruits of his, oh, well, you could, labor? I mean, that's like the first thing. That comes well, that's from
1: part of, life. okay, so part of the difference between, uh, uh, why, why couldn't Cain bring an offering that was acceptable to God? Because he wasn't able. No, I'm just kidding. Oh Abel gosh. brought the first fruits, and Cain brought some. It's he brought Cain brought his
0: second fruits. Or well, it doesn't even first. say second fruits. It just says I'm some just, of them. I'm kidding. I know,
1: <laughs> but there's this principle here that that what Abel was doing was bringing the the very first things he had that which if you God was first, right? So he's dedicating the first things to God, but but Cain didn't do that. Okay, this is this thread that goes throughout in Exodus. What I'm trying to trying to that's where I want to start. Yeah, is the the plagues that come on egypt well one is for the the firstborn of the livestock and then the the great passover event is the threat to the firstborn sons of everyone in that land it wasn't just the egyptians it was the hebrews as well if they did not do what god had commanded them to do which was to cover the, the the posts of their house, their doorways with the blood of a lamb. okay So the the threat was to the firstborn sons that could be redeemed in a sense from the blood by the blood of the lamb the firstborn sons could be redeemed. Wow okay I hope I'm using language that gets you warmed up for where we're going.
0: Yes so, so this is all this is all in the Exodus this is all them waiting to get free from slavery. God's final act in judgment against Pharaoh is, Firstborn sons, everybody, Everybody. every firstborn son is going to die unless you follow my instructions. Right.
1: Which include, among a few other things, putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the house. And i will pass over. Yes. That's where we get the name Passover.
0: Okay? Then they're freed because they listen.
1: Then the nation is is freed. They go into the desert and then they get this set of laws. And part of this set of laws is dedicating their firstborns because the firstborns belong to God. And... What you can do is either you can sacrifice them or you can sacrifice them. them. Sorry, sacrifice your animals. (laughs) Okay. Or you can redeem them. Okay. The same command is given to your firstborn sons, but you're supposed to redeem all your firstborn sons. It's not an option there. (laughs) That's not. You have to redeem. You have to redeem all your firstborn sons. But it's
0: this mental thing that my firstborn son belongs to God. Right. And so by right, and if if and then I'm going to buy him back. So
1: it's important because. that same word for uh, give it's uh, what um, what Hannah says she's going to do with Samuel
0: to God give, if you give, give me if you
1: give me a child I will I will give him to you I will dedicate, dedicate him essentially, to dedicate. Yes. To him. so Samuel grows up you love Samuel I do <laughs> Samuel grows up not as a Levitical priest but as someone who's dedicated to the right. service of from God from the
0: time he's a boy he's serving right. God in the temple he's dedicated to right. God right yeah
1: so there's that that's the idea is that you give your firstborn son
0: not to, to be sacrificed in the fire to the pagan gods around right. you. no, you give
1: him to service. But to, to be Yahweh. dedicated
0: in, in service. Right. Yeah.
1: Or you redeem them. Right. So you could, like like Hannah does, you could give them in service, or you right. could redeem them. The yeah. common practice was to redeem them. It even happens with Jesus. Jesus gets brought to the temple and he is redeemed. Actually, Is that what they're in doing? In his childhood, yeah. Oh. Yeah. When Jesus is presented in the temple, perceivably, right. that's what's going on. I mean, that's the, really the only description oh. that explains what's going on yeah. when Jesus is presented in the temple.
0: Right. So here's this, here's Jesus. He's my firstborn son. He's dedicated to God. I'm redeeming him. I'm redeeming him yeah. back, yeah. So,
1: um, where am I going with this? The, the, the question is right, because child sacrifice was... Common in the ancient Near East. That's not what's being commanded in Scripture.
0: Yeah, and God never, God never commands no, that. In actually, fact, that's one of the reasons the Israelites go into exile. Because
1: the Israelites start doing that, they actually start right. sacrificing children to Molech. The,
0: the Israelites end up copying the cultures around right. them, sacrificing children, and, right. and God says, "I never had this in my like. Never did it enter my mind that that like this is just completely uh off the map. Like you guys, you guys are nuts. Like I." I've told you so many times not to copy them. So it actually becomes... Child sacrifice becomes a really big deal in the scriptures uh, because God is so opposed to it and the Israelites are, are going and adopting it. Right. So within the law, he's certainly not asking the Israelites to give their firstborn sons as a... Maybe a, maybe you could call it a living sacrifice, but you, you wouldn't... you mm-hmm. would Not not in the way that you would sacrifice yeah. an animal. So.
1: Yeah. So that... Yeah, that's what's going on. But here's what's cool about the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Is that, like I said, from it's got its roots in Exodus and maybe even beforehand, but this mm-hmm. idea that the firstborn son belongs to the Lord yes. and needs to be redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what happens by the time you get to Jesus in the New Testament. The mm-hmm. imagery continues through. Okay. Jesus, the firstborn son of God himself, yes. comes to give himself as the redemption for everyone else. Hmm. the the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world is the firstborn son who redeems wow so this thread that kind of gets woven in in all these interrelated ways throughout the Old Testament is tied together in the person and work of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. who is the firstborn son who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world who redeems us right. from the power of sin and death
0: and it's, it's layered because you've got Jesus' blood to extend the metaphor it's Jesus' blood on the doorpost right that causes judgment to pass over us and the one who gives himself as sacrifice. Yes. And he gives himself a sacrifice. And we, we, as Christians, we use the word redeem all the all time. time. God has redeemed me from death, from the power of Satan, from this hopeless place. Right. And into, right. Into life. And so what we're saying is, you no, know, Jesus literally like bought me. Right. Um, out of slavery or out of this other fate. Right. And, and purchased me right. with his blood. That's what it means to redeem.
1: So that we can be dedicated, devoted, consecrated, given to God.
0: Wow. Mind blown.
1: For all of eternity.
0: Shoot. <laughs> Amazing. And I
1: sorry, was, was excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Is there anything else that, that you need to get off your chest? No. Because no, I think so, that's a great place to end it. I think so, too. Okay. Did we
1: go? We we were a little bit shorter awesome. than we have been in the past. Um,
0: yes, um, I don't think anyone will. Maybe complain. I should sing a song to what? just extend it. No, no, no. no. Let's let's uh, let the people let let the people get back to their business. Karsh. Let the people let the people go. Let my people go. Oh, here we go. Fair, fair, fair. No, 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 no. Oh. No, I told. I just literally said not to sing a song. Um, Karsh, would you bless bless the people and and let's oh. get about? Our well, business before here. I do that, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me nervous. Well,
1: I'm just going to read it. I'll do my one. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Q&A Podcast. If you have questions you'd like answered, text in your question to 208-503-3865.